Welcome to Foundations, powered by Building Point. Join us each week as we discuss the world of building construction. Well, hello and welcome to Foundations, powered by Building Point. Here we are back for another episode where we talk about the game of college football and what happened this past... Oh, wait. So, yeah, that's the totally oh, wrong podcast. Wrong topic. Although we should, though. Move on. It would be it would be an interesting discussion. No, after this week, maybe. So, yeah? Yeah. 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 How are yeah. your Florida Gators doing? Yeah. They looked really sharp this They've week, Chris. They've looked the same. They've looked at the last <laughs> six, Painful. seven years. Yeah. Okay. Painful. Move on now. <laughs> so, no, seriously. So, we're going to chat about construction. So, specifically construction technology and the ideas, concepts, and techniques um, that have the ability to, and the potential to kind of shape our industry in the months and years ahead. Um, so, my name is Corey Meyer. And and as always, I'm joined by my colleagues and partners. So Chris Hawkins, Steve Karen, welcome, gentlemen. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. So, <laughs> man, you're still bitter on that Gators thing. So, so the last couple episodes, we uh, so we came back from our hiatus. We've been all over the map, right? It's almost like by design, we kind of pick stuff that's that's one way, and then we go completely across the aisle to the other. Um, but we've we've talked about point clouds. We've been through estimating, and now we're going to head back to the lovely topic of workforce management. Um, but what's fun here is we're going to tackle kind of a new side of this discussion. We've had a couple chats on workforce management, but um, today we wanted to talk about something that's really kind of on the I don't want to say bleeding edge because we've been doing it since literally the beginning of workforces. But that's time and attendance. You know, talking about um, how we track time and attendance, how we report against it, how we can use that. Um, but to do this, we needed some help and support. Uh, so we went and got one of the guys um, who continues to lead the way on this particular topic, and that would be Steve Montgomery. So, Steve, you're our support for this episode. So, Steve, welcome back to the Foundations. Thanks. Uh, for a second there, I thought it was on night calls, and I, I had uh, Dr. Drew, and then I realized it was Chris. <laughs> hey, I didn't know I could be a fill-in. Thanks. <laughs> dead ringer, Chris. Yes. Dead, yeah, dead ringer. Exactly. So. Except for the background and knowledge, yeah. <laughs> so, so Steve, so Steve, since you're that, we have two Steves, so this is going to be confusing for the next couple of minutes. So, um, so we'll have our Steve, and then we'll have we'll have the 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 talent Steve. So, um, <laughs> oh, it didn't sound good. no, actually, well, Steve, we said Steve was a support, so I guess that means that he's like our athletic supporter. So, Steve, Steve Montgomery, you're the jock strap for this episode. Nice. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> this is going, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we're guessing that your headset's charged up and ready to go, but we wanted to talk about um, time and attendance. And we probably need to draw a line in the sand here because oftentimes this can get lumped in with traditional access control, um, traditional gates and stuff. But that's not really fair to this subject because there's really a different set of answers to a different set of problems. Um, is that a good way to start, Steve, is that you can talk about access control and access to the site, but then you can also talk about some of the data that's underlying that when we start talking about time and attendance. Yeah, I think access control is, is a bit of a dangerous term. Um, we agree. When, when you start to uh, think about workforce management, and, and and that's where that's where the industry is is really trying to focus, right? Not so much being concerned about who's coming on and off my site, which is obviously important, but um, what is the productivity tied to that, and and some of the other metrics or data that, that are behind that. Which makes sense because it's it's such a deep, dark hole, right? And every every study that comes out doesn't exactly trumpet the efficiency of construction workflows in the U.S., right? So it's obviously a hot-button topic for anybody who follows construction. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's no secret that there is a, a workforce shortage and that we're trying to do, the industry is trying to do more with 
more with less. Um, you know, with with the skilled trades, um, margins are getting thinner, timelines are are getting shorter. Um, so being able to be more predictive and and more productive with the workforce when they are on the site and and being knowledgeable about that is is really where the industry is looking. And to tie that together, I mean, one of the interesting things is the first thing that we we kind of talked about the last time we were on talking about workforce management was we kind of said, we kind of had this blanket statement of, oh man, there's so much data that's present if you do your workforce management strategy correctly. I think what's interesting about time intense as we begin to dig into it today is that that's this is one of those answers to okay now what do I do with this pile of data that I have this is a this is a perfect outflow of all that data that we started collecting back a long time ago right yeah I mean I think ultimately where where you want to see this go or or where I believe this will go is being able to to tie this workforce data um, in real time into whether it be into a two d plan or into a three d model. And being able to see like where your workforce is focused and and where your workforce is 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 spending their time. Are they spending time on top of each other in the space? You know, are they working side by side? Are they working in the same zones? Are they working on the tasks that are on the critical path of the schedule? Um, really being able to tie the actual workforce data back to other data and and other data that is being you know, leveraged on the project. And it just seems like a, a totally different different scope of stakeholders too when you start to talk about this because the, the individual trades contractor is going to be just as excited about this data as, and maybe more so in some cases, even than the CM or the GC that's looking at this from a more, from a more holistic or high level perspective. Um, and I think that that's, that's one of the things that the challenge that we have is now we're having this data, we have to figure out how to get this out to the people who can use it the best. Because honestly, trades guys, if we can do this properly, that's an a, enormous amount of data and insight that they can use to not only, you know, talk to the GC, but also manage their own crews. Yeah, I think, I think a large portion of the industry will, would agree and would, would benefit from a trade perspective on this sort of data. There is going to be that subset. Um, that is concerned about this level of data. And, and that's one of the, the hurdles that we see that we have to overcome with the workforce is, you know, we're not tracking you to know where you go after work and we're not tracking you, you know, to, to, to find out how much time you're spending in the brake trailer. We're, we're tracking you because we want to figure out ways to make you more productive. Um, you know, so if, if I have an electrical trade, and a mechanical trade, both trying to work in the ceiling in the same floor in the same area. Um, is there a better way to do that? Could I could I stagger, you know, move the electrician on a different floor and keep the mechanical guy, you know, on on that floor? Um, you know, that's real really what we're trying to look at. Here. Right. Cause you, and, and you mentioned that earlier because, you know, the, the schedules that we're making are tighter and tighter. And so we're kind of assuming complete blue sky on these and we can't have those, those different trades stepping on each other in a way that the schedulers and the pre-con people, you know, didn't foresee. Um, Cause that's a quick way to get really off track on some of these bigger jobs. That's a really good point. It's just, uh, you know, you, you spend so much time on that on that vein, you know, the schedulers and, you know, and the whole BIM coordination. You're like, hey, we got this all organized and it's all good to go. Now it's like, okay, go at it. You know, it's like you don't realize that this other layer of management is almost a necessity or really not almost really is. So Right. And that's where it always falls apart, right? The, the BIM coordination is always perfect. Like there's there's no issue with that. It's the actual execution. Exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Architects and BIM guys, like they would completely agree with that. 
You, you guys are so smart. I just so smart. You're on your game today. <laughs> so, but I mean, oh, but, but that is, that is <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Very, very low bar here. But, but I mean, that is, that is kind of where we're sitting at this is, is we are starting to invest more and more in models. We are starting to invest more and more in coordination before it goes out to the field. Um, but all of that can go by the wayside if you're not tracking that when it gets to the site. And I think that that's, that's actually one of the interesting things that comes up with that today um, is that it really does bring a lot of that money that you've invested before boots were even on the ground to make sure that that's, that's a good investment, that's a safe investment, you can hold your schedule. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I really think that it allows you to be predictive as far as what size of workforce do I need to, to allocate to a particular scope of work um, and, and you start to get those metrics out of historical data is on a, on a separate project where we had a similar scope. We had, you know, 10 guys working on, on this in this area for five days. And, you know, so when you can be use that historical data and be more predictive, obviously that starts to drive costs down and, and starts to answer some of those issues. Um, you know, from a, from a schedule compression or actually hitting, you know, the dates that are in your schedule. And, you know, Steve, I just saw our Steve over here across the table from me, his eyes light up because that's, that's really one of the huge things is we all have preconceived notions and even the best, you know, on the estimating side, you know, we have to run with a lot of assumptions. And this is a perfect example of that round trip data that allows you to, to true up what your beliefs are and what you think is happening on a site to say, yeah, I'm actually right. Like, this is actually how many people on the, on these crews we needed to get this deck done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, you know, the, that side of things, you know, being able to have data, you know, for someone who hasn't had data before, um, it opens up the door to endless opportunities moving forward um, so that, you know, you kind of can better predict where your business is going to go. You're going to be able to, um, you know, have a better cost management plan moving forward. Because um, I think a lot of people may have never had data presented to them, you know, previously. Yeah, that's t- totally um, the case. Is what I, is where, <laughs> exactly. You know, again, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm newer to this, but from what I pick up so far, that's what it seems to be like. Um, You're on target. <laughs> so, so it is now to being able to say, hey, we can present this data to you moving forward. Um, you know, I think I think that that opens the door for a lot of people, and, and we just need to get that out there to let them know that, hey, this this stuff is out there and available, and this is how, uh, you know, this is how you can do it. And there's some things that, you know, I've seen in this in this workforce management and tracking, you know, leveraging Bluetooth low energy and, you know, where you're, you're, you're putting a sensor. Man, he took my segue. Darn oh, it. Sorry. You love, you're a Bluetooth guy. Yeah. So, sorry, Steve, continue. Well, well, where you're putting a sensor on, on a person and you're able to track them, you know, in, inside, you know, a, a given perimeter. Um, and, and a very real scenario that, I, that I've seen recently is when we looked at hours on, on a project and we said, okay, these people are, you know, showing up at, at, at this time in the morning. Does that seem right? And the answer is yes. And then it's like, okay, when we look at their hours throughout the day, all right, well, they're spending six hours inside the perimeter where the sensors are picking up, you know, these uh, Mm -hmm. Bluetooth devices. And we're like, well, you know, where are the other four hours? And then you you start to look at the crews and you realize, well, these people that are historically hitting and consistently hitting at six hours are, you know, maybe iron workers. And, oh, well, 
they're doing a lot of work in a laydown area. So that makes sense. So now we see like we the person disappears. We don't see them for a little while because they're going outside the boundary and then they come back. So, you know, this is one of those areas where you can look at and say, so what what is the productivity gain if we move the laydown area or the prefab area closer to the building? Um, you know, how much more productivity does that get me? Or how much time is being spent in the brake trailer? Do they have to go all the way across, you know, the site to, you know, to get to the brake area or to the restrooms or, you know, to their job trailer? Um, you can just, you can really see that in, in a 10 hour day, I'm getting, you know, essentially six hours of production inside, you know, the footprint of my building. And a lot of times that would just show up as a schedule slip, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't go to that answer right away. No, you because your your assumption prior to doing something like this is, oh my guy was my guy worked ten hours. So right. there's a difference between being there ten hours and working ten hours and being productive for ten hours. And and that's you know, I think that's one of the levels of data that this is actually providing for us. And it and it's interesting you mentioned that because we've we've down here in Florida for whatever reason it seems like we have a lot more um, offsite parking and stuff for the work crews and stuff and there's assumptions made about okay well it takes them 15 20 minutes to get to site but as we've started tracking this you start to see that that number is normally four five six times what you anticipate and it's never been modeled in anything is that you know these guys are taking an hour hour and a half to get to the site each day um, and that's stuff that that before you might realize that six months in, six months into a job that you've actually got a bottleneck and it's even just logistical transport to get on site. Yeah. So you put the, the parking area, you know, you can start to look at that. What if we move the parking area half the distance closer? What if we move the laydown area half the distance closer? Right. Like, so does that take a guy from six hours to eight hours of productivity? And, and how much, and if I have those extra two hours per person that is working, like what is that, what is the effect of the, or the impact of that on my schedule? which ultimately, you know, drives the cost down. Right. And keeps your schedule at least somewhat aligned with what you're yeah, imagining. Brings it back into schedule into play. So, so Steve, you mentioned it as far as the, there's two sides of this. There's always the, the software side, the data side, which it's, we could say on this podcast that it's magic, that it's in the cloud and we have all that data. Um, but there is, you know, you mentioned Bluetooth, low energy and all this stuff, but there's different ways than just badging now that we can actually start to get this. And I think that's some of these changes are why time and attendance is becoming more functional now is because we do think, have things like Bluetooth low energy and and because those add a different level of visibility into the project, don't they? Because it's more than just walking through a turnstile and swiping. Right. So if you use, if you look at the two side by side, if, I, if I'm using RFID or access control, I swipe when I go through that, through that turnstile or I walk onto the site and it says, okay, you know, I, Steve was here at 7.15 and then at the end of the day, I swipe and I leave and it said, okay, Steve, you know, Steve left at, at 3.15. So, you know, it's like, does the math, you look in the web interface and you're like, great, my guy put in his eight hours today. Where if you look at the Bluetooth low energy and you start to think about putting up perimeters and zones, now you really look at it as like, he might've come on the site at 7.15, but he didn't go inside the footprint of the building until 8.30. That's when we saw him. And he came out of the footprint of the building at noon and went back into the footprint of the building at one and then, you know, left to go to the job trailer at two thirty and left again. So yeah, he was on site. That was, that goes to the, he, he worked, he was there eight hours, but how many hours was he productive? And, and that's where right. a lot of, you know, a lot, that's where the, the line of workforce management and access control, you know, 
people blur that line. And it's it's just, it seems to me, and this is about our experience down here, is that it just seems like it's a much more granular type of data that for those people who are trying to squeeze more out of less, you know, the, the, there are some technologies out there. And, and to cover the privacy thing, you know, the nice thing about it is we're tracking this on a site. It's not like you're putting, you know, the, the best solutions aren't the ones where you're putting GPS receivers or you're tracking phones or stuff like that, because you, we, there is a privacy and a legitimate privacy concern. And so that can easily be mitigated, though, with something like Bluetooth, because it's not tracking the second you leave the site. Um, there's not a there's not a deeper concern there. Right. And, and that's the conversation we have with the workforce is, listen, the minute you walk outside of where those sensors are, we have no idea where you are. We have no idea where you are. Yep. We're not, this is not a privacy thing. Um, the safety is another one that comes up is, you know, is this safe? And, and it's, it's far safe to, safer than a cell phone that a person carries, you know, having this, having a Bluetooth device on them. So yeah, it's, it just, it adds another level of accountability and trackability and, you know, doesn't come with the violation of personal information, you know, that, that something that it does. Right. And, and, and so, so if they're on site, they're using something like this to get a more granular amount of data, you know, even at the sub level, and we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, but it's kind of interesting that we can be able to now, I, I think that as more and more people begin to get familiar with this time of technology and stuff, one of the big things is obviously costing out your time and, you know, saying who's working on what tasks. And, and right now that's normally like a sheet in the trailer or, you know, a sheet in the, in the job box. Um, and this really can give, you know, as one of those deliverables as we're wrapping up here, but that's one of the cool deliverables too, is that the trades can really start to use this to start, start streamlining how they're accounting for, you know, their hourly costing and stuff, you know, even internally, you know, this isn't something that has to stop at the GC's doorstep there. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen, you know, with something as simple as, as an iPhone app, you know, um, a particular trade could be having their morning, you know, safety debrief or or morning toolbox talk. Mm-hmm. And the person, the foreman conducting that can open their iPhone, hit search, and, and it immediately picks up everyone that is in range of, of his phone and takes attendance of that. So now they have a very accurate record as far as you know, who, who was in this meeting, who wasn't in this meeting. And you start to think about, you know, when you get into issues like potential legal issues or someone gets hurt on the job or those don't happen. Those don't happen. I, you know, but I get where you're coming from, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) So all of those things are, you know, it's just, that's another element that this BLE or the Bluetooth low energy, you know, brings, brings to the table. So, so this has been exactly where, where I thought this conversation would go. And it, it's kind of exciting new stuff here. Now, Steve, I, I know we're kind of coming up against the end here, but uh, before we go, you know, you mentioned that, that you were having experience and insight in this here in the real world. So you guys up in Baltimore and up through New York and stuff, you guys are seeing, obviously it's a huge place for workforce management. Um, you work on tight sites, you work on stuff like that. So how is, you know, building point Northeast, just to take it to a, to a, a company level. Like, so you guys are seeing a lot of success with this and you guys are answering a lot of the questions on this every day now on the, on the, on the workforce management side, aren't you? Yeah. I, you know, as you said, in, in New York security is obviously a, a big concern. Um, we are, we're, we're, you know, building on very, very, very tight sites, you know, so that's where you start to see the combination of, of kind of, the traditional access control where, yeah, I, I'm regulating who's coming on the site and, and who's leaving the site, but then I'm also knowing where they are on the site at any given time. And and when you come to security or evacuations or 
you know, things like that, that all becomes very useful to know where the people are. You know, some of these buildings that we're working on in New York, you know, one in particular is, is it, it's, it's at 1400 feet now and they have another 450 feet before they, before they top out. So you just think about the workforce being spread out over, you know, that um, amount of height and number of floors is, and knowing where people are is, is just very, very beneficial. Yeah. I don't, we it's, just, uh, it's a lot it's of just footage. Head shake yeah, out. I know. It's a lot to, <laughs> a lot to know what so, the hell's going on. Whoo. Well, so, so for me, um, again, so hearing this for the kind of the first time going through something like this, um, it, it sounds just in a, to, to summarize, generalize it, that it really sounds like having this data now for, um, you know, a, a GC, any type of customer of ours, um, it, it's going to it's gonna help improve kind of planning and scheduling moving forward, and that's going to kind of increase efficiency out in the field and drive down cost. Um, so it's kind of a win-win, you know, for these for these guys out in the field moving forward if they have this data. It is. It it, like. And I, I think that the, the thing that Steve was also saying that's interesting is that, you know, a lot of them have an access requ- control requirement anyway. So, you know, especially uh, like you said, Steve, up in, up in the, the Manhattan area and stuff like that, like you guys are already having to go through that logistical challenge of getting access control in place and stuff. And so this is really taking a lot of that and kind of ratching up and using it for something more, more than just it. letting someone in a gate. Right. Okay, and yeah. I think that's what's cool about it too is that, you know, if you're, if you're already having to access control, you know, we have a couple jobs down here that, you know, the, the jobs on, on federal facilities and stuff, you know, that's the cool thing is if you're already doing it, why not get more out of it? You're now, you're now taking data that you have, right. but actually utilizing it in a, in a beneficial way. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. and that's, so, you know, that's one stuff. of the things that uh, almost all of our discussions start with a request for, you know, some more data or more, more information on access control. But once you talk mm-hmm. about, well, this isn't just access control. Yeah, we can, we can check that box. But let me show you what else we can do that, that really allows us to, you know, really get some good and useful data out of it. Um, the, the conversation quickly turns to workforce management and access control just becomes, you know, just something they get along. A checkbox. Um, <laughs> right. The other thing that I have, I have seen a, a really interesting trend in is, is it's not, not only is it coming downstream into the trades and the, you know, the data that they can get out of this, but it's also where we're seeing a big uptick in interest is at the owner level. So owners are also hmm. looking at this as now I actually am not taking a CM or GC's word for how many workers are on the site. I can open it up. I can look at my dashboard and I can <laughs> see how many different, you know, people are, are on the site. Especially when you're doing projects from the guys that want to know all the data that they can pull from that because they're going to turn it into new product. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I think I think that really is it. You know, the, and these owners are getting more and more sophisticated in their construction management processes and their their program management. Um, Steve, I think that's that's the perfect example too of of something where where the data is there. We just have to figure out how to leverage it and find people that that can use it to to better their processes. Because if they know how to use the data, it's the wild west out there for what they can do with it. Yeah, as, as, as you've said many times in the past, is. Um, we need to have, I mean, data is good as long as it's actionable data, right? Because everybody yep. wants to collect data, but nobody seems to know what to do with it. And I think that's, you know, one of the keys to what we do collectively is we actually have found ways to utilize that data that are that are beneficial 
at at the point of construction, you know, pre-construction and post-construction, and going to what the smart Steve said was, you know, tying that data back into you know the historical estimates and you know, when you go back and you say, what is it going to cost me to build a 10-story hospital, you know, in Chicago, we can start to like really wrap our heads around, you know, true data, not data that was dependent on a superintendent walking a site and trying to count, you know, heads and, and trades or taking a foreman's word for, you know, how many workers were on a site. Man, that's like, that's like the perfect wrap-up. So I can't yeah. do it better than that. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure of the final thing you talked about. I just stopped thinking about the smart Steve and the not yeah, smart I, Steve. Yeah, I didn't want to sell any Steve shorts. Yeah. I, I think we're equal opportunity for the Steves this week. <laughs> I'll so. take it. Thank you, Steve. Other Steve. <laughs> so, so this has been absolutely fantastic. Steve, you know you're always welcome here at Foundations. Um, that's our show for this week. And of course, we love feedback, comment, discussions, topics. We make it easy to connect with us. Twitter's best, at FoundationsBP. But you can also reach out uh, to us via your Building Point partners on LinkedIn and Facebook. And of course, make sure you stay up to date with our latest episodes by simply subscribing with your favorite podcast client through iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Our Steve, Chris, thank you guys. I kind of had it easy today. So workforce management is always one where you don't have to pontificate too much. Um, so, so, so we'll only pay you guys half as much for this episode. So. Uh, that's okay. I've been working on other stuff anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. I personally just so, want Cool Ranch Doritos in the green room the next time. <laughs> so right. were those not there for you today, no. Steve? So I know you had the request in your rider. I got so. held up in hair and makeup today. So um, yeah. <laughs> outer room. Yeah, Morning. <laughs> well, Steve Montgomery, thanks for joining us. On behalf of the entire Foundations team, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for joining us this week on Foundations. Stay up to date on each episode by subscribing via iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. 